0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. My name is Jeff, and today Aaron and I are going to be talking about mountain bike stiffness. One of the reasons that I wanted to talk about this is because it seems like these days that mountain bike companies are super obsessed with making everything on the bike more stiff. Um, we've seen in just the last couple of years. All kinds of innovations like Boost 148, which was done supposedly to improve stiffness of wheels. You're seeing 35 millimeter handlebars and stems coming onto the market, wider rims and carbon frames, uh, including like the new Epic Hardtail from Specialized that's supposedly one of the stiffest and lightest frames that they've ever built. But all those stiffness innovations might seem sort of like a paradox since mountain bikes have suspension that seemingly make them feel less stiff. So how do we how do we resolve that is stiffness and suspension how are those two related?
1: Uh, they're related, but they're they're definitely different things. You you know suspension is used to soften impacts as well as, you know, increase your traction among other things. So you actually want your individual suspension components to be stiff because then that allows them to work properly. So yeah, it's they're interrelated but different things for sure.
0: Right. Makes sense. So, what what exactly are we talking about when we when we say stiffness? We're talking about a bike or a particular part on a bike.
1: The official definition is tensile elasticity or the tendency of an object to deform along an axis when opposing forces are applied along that axis. It is defined as the ratio of tensile stress to tensile strain. It is often referred to simply as the Elastic Modulus or Young's Modulus. So basically, it's how far an, a, a certain component deflects and then returns to its original shape. So if you want to go you know, try this out for yourself, stand over your mountain bike and pull up on one side of the bars while pushing down on the other side, and you'll actually see, you'll probably be able to notice your bars and your stem flexing, but then they return to their original shape, which is a very important thing. That's the elastic portion of that definition, because obviously you don't want to you know, be cranking away on your bike and it deflects one way and then the frame stays deflected that way. That wouldn't be very good. So it actually has to deflect and then return to its original shape.
0: Yeah, and so stiffness also shouldn't be confused though with other things like strength and hardness, right? And a lot of mountain bikers I think are concerned about the strength of their bikes and stiffness is not necessarily what we're talking about there, right? No, because you
1: know, those are they're different things again cuz you know stiffness is talking about how much the material flexes and then strength is like how the uh, the amount of force that material can withstand and still recover its original shape. And that's, you know, not as in the uh, frame tube wouldn't bend or or buckle. So different things, because you could could make a really stiff bike that was not strong, as in, you know, you could uh, make a carbon fiber frame that was super stiff, but you could tap it with a hammer and it would break. So... Yeah, different things.
0: Yeah, and like you could also have a steel frame, for example, that's really strong. It could say support a you know, heavy rider, but it would be less stiff than say a carbon fiber bike. Okay, so why all this focus on stiffness? Has has this been a problem traditionally with mountain bikes? Were sort of the early bikes less stiff than the bikes are today?
1: I think largely so. I mean but I would say the frames themselves maybe not as much as the individual components because when early mountain bikes were made and commercially produced they were made out of steel and manufacturers by that time you know we're talking like the early 80s here so they knew what they were doing with steel so they they knew how to make a bike stiff and light or not you know they could put flex in areas where they needed it to there i think there was a pretty good understanding of steel as a frame material at least at the beginning and then of course you know it moved into aluminum and then into carbon fiber but i think it's more than anything it's the uh the you know the components that we've really seen get more and more stiff over the years
0: yeah one of the things that comes to mind for me is just the change in going from like quick release, you know, nine millimeter axles front and rear on mountain bikes. So, you know, it was was just a few years ago that most of us were riding on these smaller diameter axles on our bikes. And, you know, when you go, when you swap your fork from one that has one of those quick release Axles to a through axle, like a 15 millimeter or a 20 millimeter, you can feel a huge difference. The whole thing just just feels more solid. and I mean for me, it's almost like you don't notice things aren't stiff until you feel them when they are stiff, and you you can feel that difference in how it affects the performance of the bike.
1: Absolutely. I think forks are, that's a really good example where you can see, you know, immediate benefits from having a more stiff fork. Like if, yeah, if you take a a quick release cross country fork and, you know, you can, you can feel that thing flexing fore and aft. You can feel it, you know, twisting torsionally when you add a through axle and that really helps uh, eliminate
0: a lot of that. Yeah. One of the other areas we're seeing added stiffness is in handlebars and stems. And in that case, manufacturers are starting to use the 35 millimeter diameter handlebars and stems. How is that increasing stiffness? So beyond forks and and axles, what about cranks? How have those changed over the years? Yeah, we've seen
1: moved from just being solid forged aluminum crank arms, and now you see a lot of hollow aluminum crank arms and carbon fiber crank arms that are hollow. And you can see how chunky, especially when you look at carbon crank arms to a large extent, you can see how chunky and large the arms have gotten. And that's because, you know, the larger. The diameter of the object that makes it stiffer, but they can also use a thinner wall material so it's lighter. But they still, you know, forging is still a very popular technique and one we see a lot. I believe Shimano's Holotech crank arms are forged in two pieces and then bonded together. And then you have Raceface where they do kind of a more traditional forging of the crank arms and then they go back and use CNC machining to remove excess material. So theirs is done more the you know the shape of the crank arm the actual design of it they rely a lot on the for the a lot of the stiffness with the race face crank arms
0: right and along the same lines of the crank arms getting chunkier we're also seeing the same thing with bars and stems uh, which we kind of mentioned earlier so is the goal to make mountain bikes more stiff along every dimension i mean bikes are three-dimensional objects so they could be stiff sort of vertically and horizontally and also torsionally so are all of those important or just some of those well
1: yeah stiffness is a definitely a hard thing to you know always quantify and you know you don't always want stiffness everywhere in fact you know sometimes flex is an essential component in the design of a bike you know if you think about a soft tail Where there's some flex to the frame, there's some flex to the chain stays to allow a little bit of suspension movement. Well, I guess not suspension exactly, but a little bit of movement. And then you also see, you know, on some bikes use a flex in the seat stay instead of a pivot, you know, if it's a full suspension bike. So a rear pivot has to rotate very little. So, you know, the bearing, if you put a pivot there, the bearing's rotating very little, but you 're adding a lot of complication just to have that bearing on there and you 're adding a lot of weight so you know if you can get away with engineering flex in the seat stays, then you can have a uh, simpler design and an example of that would be Kona 's top xC full suspension bike the hey hey both the aluminum and carbon fiber models of that bike use this kind of design and it's a full suspension. So there's engineered flex in the chain stays, and this is a brand new bike from them. So it's not like, you know, some bike that's been in their line for years and they haven't changed it. This is a updated bike and they saw the benefits of uh, eliminating the rear pivot.
0: Yeah. And even some hardtails like to claim that they've engineered flex into the seat stays. I recently rode a carbon hardtail from Focus Cyclofest this year and that was what they were talking about was you know the fact that, that there was a little bit of flex there so it's not quite as harsh of a ride so one of the things that you'll hear a lot from bike companies um is that their their latest and greatest frame is laterally stiff but vertically compliant so meaning the bike isn't going to flex side to side but it is going to have a little bit of flex up and down so that it's not as harsh of a ride. So what exactly is lateral stiffness and why are bikes trying to be so laterally stiff? Well, kind of as you said, you know, laterally means side-to-side
1: stiffness, so that's, you know, that's when you're cranking on the bars and cranking on the cranks, and so the bottom bracket and the head tube are moving back and forth, and you want lateral stiffness because that allows the bike to track properly. If you've ever ridden a really flexy bike and you've gone through a rock garden, you know how hard it is to stay on line when you have a wheel and a fork and a frame that are all kind of doing their own thing
0: and taking you somewhere you don't want to be yeah it's like trying to steer a a car with a trailer down (laughs) down the trail not fun and also yeah like you said it's it's for pedaling efficiency and sort of when you're on the pedals and you know shifting your weight but also um it's it's for tracking and technical terrain so you want the bike to go exactly where you point it and to have it you know respond predictably and not just sort of Wiggle around all over the place,
1: right, and it also keeps your suspension working properly. That's kind of a big thing that suspension components have to fight is you know time there's like sideways pressure and you know the sliding part of the suspension, so whether that's the stanchion on the fork or um, on the shock, if that's you know mashing up against the one of the seals, there's going to be added friction there, which is going to cause your suspension to not
0: operate optimally right so lateral stiffness good vertical stiffness good or bad is that something that bike companies are trying to introduce or eliminate in mountain bikes i
1: think it, again it depends on what exactly you're talking about if you're talking about the the frames themselves or the components you know as you mentioned there are companies that are designing some amount of vertical flex into their frames themselves so you know, another couple bikes to mention would be the Trek Pro Caliber and the BMC Team Elite. Those actually have like elastomers built into the frame. So it kind of goes back to the soft tail days. But yeah, that is giving a little bit of vertical compliance to the frame and what that's going to do is it's just going to it's going to save your back you know obviously on a hardtail, tail um, which is going to allow you to be fresher for longer I would say uh, you know another thing is uh, wheels you know you see you know wheels depending on what the rim material is and how even how they're laced up you can make a wheel more or less vertically stiff and you know you could it would still be side to side it would be laterally stiff wherever you know However stiff you wanted to make it. You know, example of this would be the uh, old Envy rims. I originally laced these up to a set of hubs, and I laced them three cross just because you know I laced everything three cross, and they actually rode like shit. They were so stiff. I mean, you you know, just every every little imperfection on the trail, you could feel it was getting translated through the wheels, like up into my arms and into my legs and my back, and I actually ended up starting breaking spokes too, so I was trying to figure out what was going on, and I, you know, should have done my research beforehand. But Envy recommended lacing their rims up two cross, which allows for a little bit more of that vertical compliance. And once I relaced them two cross, replaced all the spokes, they rode, they rode way better. They're still plenty stiff side to side, but they didn't, you know, beat the crap out of you um, over every little. Trail
0: it's also interesting that there are probably some applications where you want a really stiff bike where the bike isn't necessarily designed for comfort and here i'm talking specifically about cross-country race bikes so on race day it's not about comfort it's about being fast and a lot of these bikes are designed to be as stiff as possible all the way around so every bit of power that you put down into the bike is going toward moving you forward versus you know bouncing you up and down but that seems to be more and more these days a a specialized use case for bikes most people are looking for a nice mix of comfort but also efficiency so what are bike and component designers doing these days to improve stiffness
1: uh, a lot of that's done through the design, so the actual shape of the tubes themselves is going to have a huge impact on the on the stiffness of the of the bikes and components. You know, because you know to make a metal tube, either steel or aluminum, stiffer, there's only two ways to do it. You either have to increase the diameter or the wall thickness. So
0: you know, you start have to playing with the the shape of the tubes as well. Yeah, and these days. A lot of designers are using computer-aided design and finite element analysis, which allows them to really zero in on the areas where they can add stiffness. And before, a lot of this was kind of guess and check, but today they can really optimize down to you know the most minute detail on a bike. Like you said, designing wall thicknesses and shapes of tubes and things like that to really get the maximum amount of stiffness. Also these days designers are able to work with more interesting materials. So it used to be just steel and, and then aluminum, which is a little bit more stiff. Um, but today there's obviously carbon fiber, and we're even seeing companies tweaking the carbon fiber, the actual fibers themselves, the orientation that the fibers are running in uh, within the the part. Yeah, with carbon
1: fiber, I think we're going to see a lot more innovation in the future because they're really starting to understand the material more and more. And, you know, like you said, you can change the properties of the material just by reorienting the fibers during the layup. So as the, you know, the the knowledge continues to grow in carbon fiber and the raw materials and resins and everything that they use become better. I think we're just, you know, we're just starting to, see the beginnings of what can be done with carbon. It's a really cool material.
0: Yeah. Well, we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast all the sort of new features and technologies that are coming out to make bikes more stiff. Are there other things, other areas you could see using or gaining more stiffness over the next few years?
1: I think at least for full suspension frames, you're going to continue to see them get stiffer. You know, there's you have so many moving pieces on a full suspension so uh you know especially depending on what suspension platform you're using so there's a a lot of opportunity to you know to have play or flex in in the system so i think we'll still see full suspension frames getting stiffer but you know as we talked about they already they've already making hardtail frames too stiff or that's something that can be done so they're going back in looking at ways to make hardtails, you know, more comfortable. I think, um, you know, forks will probably continue to get stiffer as well. But for a lot of the other things, you know, like a seat post or bars and stems, I don't know that we'll continue to see those things get stiffer.
0: Yeah. Well, how do you think companies are going to make full suspension bikes more stiff are there opportunities you think uh within like the pivot points and the bearings themselves or is it more about frame materials and tube shapes and that kind of stuff
1: i think it'll be both you know i think that was one of the one of the ideas behind the move to metric shocks at least partially was to create a you know stiffer suspension component again so yeah i think you know you'll see you've seen like trek for instance on their uh, latest the Slash which is their big Enduro 29er bike they got rid of one of the pivots that had been on the previous generation altogether, and they said they were able to do that be- and create a stiffer frame you know we're seeing Scott do some interesting things with their like shock mount in the in the tube and everything to make it to make everything stiffer so I think yeah I think we'll as the Understanding of carbon fiber continues to get better. I think we'll just see, you know, them find cooler ways to use it and ways to make frames lighter and stiffer.
0: Yeah. One of the things that you kind of touched on is that these days we're starting to hear a little bit of a backlash toward all this added stiffness on bikes. Can you think of some examples of companies or products that are working to take a little bit of the stiffness out of the system?
1: Yeah, you see that a lot in, um, for instance, seat posts. You see, if you're using a, a straight seat post, uh, a lot of times people run a carbon fiber post because it, it there is a little bit more flex that can be engineered into it. I know a lot of us are running droppers these days, so that's uh, not as big of a concern. But I think it's also, you, know, you mentioned 35 millimeter bar and stems, and they've been around for a few years now, but they haven't really caught on like the jump from 25.4 to 31.8 when that happened. I mean, that's been years and years ago, but it seemed to me that was a much quicker transition than it's been from 31.8 to 35. And it's largely because many of the early 35 millimeter bars were just too stiff. They got too much feedback into your hands and it just was not uh, you know, not a comfortable ride. You know, it's interesting that Trek this year at their presentation at Sea Otter for their new line of bikes, they also released the a 35 millimeter line of components. So you know, 35 millimeter diameter stem and bar, and they were specking across their you know all their new bikes, all their fancy bikes, and they said part of the reason, one of the main reasons that they did it was purely for aesthetics. Because they were bigger, chunkier items, and it kind of fit the look of the bike. You know, the bike with you know had they had large, large frame tubes. You know, deep rims, all this stuff. So they actually said the 35 millimeter bars weren't necessarily any stiffer than the 31.8. They just looked cooler, I guess.
0: So <laughs> interesting. Yeah, and I I feel like I also heard some at Interbike about companies, for example, grip companies that were recognizing sort of the fatigue consumers were getting from these stiffer components and were doing their best to sort of add a little bit of flex or at least comfort back into the system. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see which way the pendulum shifts in this conversation about making bikes more stiff or... More flexible. Well, that's all we have for this week. Thanks for joining us for the Single Tracks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love to hear from you. So be sure to hit Single Tracks and find this post on the website and leave us a comment or ask us a question that you'd like to hear addressed in a future podcast. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you again next time. Peace.